from John chapter 1. This is how uh, John records the first Christmas. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was with God in the beginning. Through him all things were made. Without him nothing was made that has been made. In him was life, and that life was the light of men. The light shines in the darkness, but the darkness has not understood it. There came a man who was sent from God. His name was John. He came as a witness to testify concerning the light, so that through him all men might believe. He himself was not the light. He came only as a witness to the light. The true light that gives light to every man was coming into the world. He was in the world, and though the world was made through him, the world did not recognize him. He came to that which was his own, but his own did not receive him. And yet, to all who received him, to those who believed on his name, he gave the right to become children of God, children born not of natural descent or of human decision, or of a husband's will, but born of God. The word became flesh and made his dwelling among us. And we have seen his glory, the glory of the only begotten son who came from the father, full of grace and truth. John testifies concerning him. He cries out saying, this was he of whom I said, he who comes after me, has surpassed me because he was before me. From, his full, from the fullness of his grace, we have all received one blessing after another. For the law was given through Moses. Grace and truth came through Jesus Christ. No one has ever seen God, but the only begotten Son, who is at the Father's side, has made him known. It's uh, Christmas uh, Day morning. I just want us to think about that last verse that I read. No one has ever seen God, but the only begotten Son, who is at the Father's side, has made him known. Last week, uh, we were out in the car doing some uh, Christmas card deliveries. It was me and Caleb and Levi and Melody, and as we were going along, we got chatting about the moon. <laughs> Not quite sure why. Uh, one of the kids asked, what, what's the moon like? You know, what's the moon made of? That was the question. What's the moon made of? And we chatted back and forth, and we realized we didn't actually really, really know. <laughs> we came up with the answer, some, some kind of rock. It must be, must be some, some kind of rock. That's what the moon's made of. But the reality is, when it came to answering the question, what's the moon made of? What's the moon like? We were really just, just guessing because it may surprise you to know that neither Caleb or Melody or Levi have I, or I have ever been to the, to the moon. So we were just uh, guessing. Some of those guesses may have been sensible. 
Uh, some of them were not so sensible. The moon is not made of cheese. We're pretty sure of, of that. Uh, but because none of us have ever been to the moon, we, we were just guessing. Let's uh, switch the question now. Not what is the moon like, uh, but what is, what is God like? What is God like? How would you answer that, that question? You might like uh, to think uh, something like this. I think God is uh, loving and kind. How do you think the person who is going through really hard times might answer that question? Someone who's going through really hard times might be tempted to answer the question, well, I think God doesn't care. How do you think the skeptic might answer that question? They might say, well, I think it's impossible to really know what what God is like. I wonder what your answer would be this morning. People try to figure out what God is like in all sorts of ways, don't they? They kind of use their mind, maybe read lots of books, you know, all the great thinkers uh, throughout history, and they think they can uh, use their mind to, to get the answer to what God is like. Some people think you find out what God is like by, by looking at the world around. You know, maybe traveling to certain places, uh, special places, then you can connect with God and find out what God is like. Other people try to find out what God is like through experiences, uh, meditation, some people look inside to connect to some kind of divine spark uh, within them. But John puts his uh, finger on the problem that we have when it comes to answering the question, what is God like? Did you notice what John said there? The problem that we have is no one has ever seen God. <laughs> no one has ever seen God. So when it comes to answering the question of what is God like, we're, we're all in, in the dark we're guessing, we're speculating because no one has ever seen God. The religions of the world, they have their, their prophets, their teachers, their sacred texts, but none of the religions of the world uh, claim to know God fully. Jesus' statement, no one has ever seen God, fits really with the testimony of the Old Testament, doesn't it? Psalm uh, 92 says that God uh, dwells in clouds and deep darkness are all, are all around him. God is in, impenetrable. The Old Testament says it's impossible to see God uh, and live. We may like to think that God is, is loving and kind, but how do we know? <laughs> we may like to think that God listens to our prayers, but how, how do we know? We may like to think that God is good and he always does what is right. But how, how can we know? Well, into our guessing of what God is like comes the news of, of Christmas. Into our ignorance and our, our futile search to answer the question, what is God like? Comes the Lord Jesus Christ, who's the son of God. So when the angel visits Mary, the angel says, the Holy Spirit will come upon you. The power of the Most High will overshadow you. Therefore, the child to be born to you will be called Holy, the Son of God. Christmas marks, isn't it, the incarnation of the Son of God. God himself taking on our humanity. 
Just listen again to verse 18 of John chapter 1. No one has ever seen God, but the one and only Son, who is himself God and is in the closest relationship with the Father, has made him known. Do you see what that verse is saying? It's saying that Jesus is uniquely qualified. He's the only one who can really answer the question, what is God like? Because he's the son of God. He's uniquely qualified to answer that question. What does it mean for Jesus to be the the son of God? Sometimes uh, people misunderstand what it means for Jesus to be the son of God. They, They think, okay, there was a time when there was just the father. And then sometime later, there was the son, because that's how it works with our families, isn't it? Fathers come first, son comes second. But that's a misunderstanding. Some people think, oh, uh, somehow uh, Jesus must be the product of a relationship between uh, God and and Mary if he's the son. Again, that that misunderstands what uh, is meant by Jesus being the son of God. I think there are two words that are really helpful when it comes to understanding what it means for Jesus to be the son. The first word is likeness. Likeness. We all know that saying, don't we? Like father, like son. And for Jesus to be the son of God means he's the very likeness of God. He's not just a bit like God, but he's exactly like the father. So Hebrews says that Jesus is the radiance of God's glory. He's the exact imprint of God's nature. And later on in John's gospel, Jesus will say, whoever has seen me has seen the Father. The likeness. And then there's a second word that helps us understand what it means for Jesus to be the Son, and that's intimacy. Intimacy. No one has ever seen God, but the one and only Son who is himself God and is in the closest relationship with the Father. The Son is in the most intimate relationship with his Father, and he has been throughout all eternity. There's never a moment when the, the father was not without his, his son. A few years ago now, Joy's uh, grandparents celebrated their 70th wedding anniversary. That's platinum wedding anniversary. Sadly, since they celebrated that, Joy's grandma has, has died. But imagine how well people would know each other after living together for 70 years. You could ask a question to granddad and he would have been able to answer for for grandma and and vice versa. They knew each other uh, so well. Could just communicate sometimes with just a a glance and a look and they they knew what each other was thinking. The relationship between the father and the son is one of perfect intimacy. So Jesus is uniquely qualified to answer the question, what what is God like? Jesus didn't just claim to be a good teacher, did he? He didn't claim to just have some good ideas. Can you see that Jesus' claim goes goes far beyond beyond that? He has done what no one else has done. He has seen God. And John 1.18 tells us that Jesus came into the world to make God known. And that means with the birth of the baby in the manger, that all the guessing games about what God is like, 
can stop. <laughs> it means we've got another option to stumbling around it in the darkness. We can live in the light of the Lord Jesus Christ. When we were chatting in the car the other day about you know, the, the question, what is the moon like? I, I told uh, the children about a friend of mine called Bertie. Some of you know Bertie, he lives in over Kellett. Uh, I was at Bertie's house two or three years ago uh, and he came over to me and he, he just put in my hand this piece of rock. <laughs> he said, what's that? And I looked at it for a while and said, it's a, it's a stone. <laughs> uh, and he said, he said, no, that's a, bit, that's a piece of the moon. It's like, I was like, in awe. <laughs> a piece of the moon in my hand. Apparently he knew someone who knew someone at NASA and they, he had this piece of, of, of the moon. Piece of the moon come all the way down from the heavens, all the way down right into my hand. Christmas is, is God coming all the way down, not a piece of God. It says of, of the Lord Jesus that the fullness of God was pleased to dwell in him. He's the fullness of God come right down to where we're at. Emmanuel, God with us. Glorious news, uh, the good news of Christmas is, isn't it? Just two really quick kind of implications of this verse, uh, John chapter 1, verse 18. The first is this, that God wants you to know him. God desires that you know him. God isn't afar off. As I said, Emmanuel, God with us. The baby in the manger proclaims loud and clear the fact that God wants us to know him. Maybe there's people here this morning that they don't really know God. They don't have a relationship with him. Maybe your ideas about God are just based on a pick of mix of ideas that you've picked up along the way. Well, Christmas is a loud and clear message that God wants you to know him. And you truly can know him. He sent Jesus and he caused the truth about Jesus to be recorded in the four gospels so that we can know him. At the end of his gospel, John uh, writes these words. Jesus performed many other signs in the presence of his disciples, which are not recorded in this book. But these are written so that you may believe that Jesus is the Messiah, the son of God, and that by believing you may have life in his name. If you don't know the Lord Jesus this morning, I just encourage you to pick up a Bible, to read one of the Gospels, and to get to know the God who, who made you. So God wants you to know him. And the second uh, thing is, you can be confident that you really do know him. <laughs> you can be confident that you really do know him. When we receive Jesus, we can be confident that we know God. In Christ, the blindfold is removed and we, we see clearly. So when we listen to Jesus' words, we hear God's words. When we see what moves Jesus with compassion, we see what moves God with compassion. When we understand uh, Jesus' anger, our unrighteousness and injustice, we see what provokes God's anger. When we open our Bibles and learn about the character of Jesus, we know truly 
what, what God is like. So as Jesus reaches out and touches the unclean to make them clean, we know that God is a God who longs to make us clean. When we see him extend forgiveness to sinners, we know that there is forgiveness with the God who made us. When Jesus uh, stops under the tree and looks up at Zacchaeus, uh, and uh, Luke pens the words that he came to seek and to save the lost. We know that our God is a God who loves to seek and to save lost people. And when we see Jesus die on a cross in our place for our sins, we know that God has provided the saviour that we all so desperately need. Many ideas about God in our world today. It may seem to others that it's arrogant to say that we confidently know the truth about God. When we listen to Jesus and take him at his word, that's not arrogance. Because he's the only one who truly knows. He's the only one qualified to answer the question of what God is like. What a glorious uh, saviour we have, don't we? Shall we pray together and then we will sing our final song?